Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, it's 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory there. Best going. Awesome pre-owned inventory. And, uh, you know, maybe pre-owned inventory, maybe that's your preference. Great. Or maybe your budget says it's the best way to go. Okay, great. They have it. And not only that, a fabulous sales staff, great deals to be had, and a service department that backs it all up. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, keywords 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play call of the day. Last night, Derrick Henry uh, meets Josh Norman. Uh-huh. Got him to jump. Yes, he did. He gives it to Henry. Henry trying to get to the outside. The defender, Josh Norman, to his backside. <laughs> Derrick Henry will do this to a lot of guys, but he just made Josh Norman, Norman reconsider whether or not he wanted to play again. Ah, yes, Tom McCarthy, one of the great guys out there, along with uh, Jay Feely. I thought they both did a really good job last night. And Tennessee is 4-0. 4-0 for Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans. So they went through a lot, lost some receivers because of the COVID-19 list, and still won. Bills fall to 4-1. Meanwhile, 4-0. That's the record of the Tennessee Titans. The Eagles have uh, played five games, right? That's correct, yes. How many wins do they have? <laughs> Got one. So, uh, haven't been keeping track. Hey, I was stunned by what Tennessee did last night. I did not expect a 42 spot. Buffalo looked like well. the team that was off for two weeks. Yeah. They played well. I give them all the credit in the world. Okay, Penn State's uh, COVID-19 testing results, October 3 through 9, now out. 1,302 COVID-19 tests of students. There are three positives, five are pending. All right? So 1,302, three positives, Five test results are pending. So that's where it is. The second straight week. In fact, there were more tests this week than last week. Same number of positive results, three. And you have to keep it up. Can't rest on this. You have to keep it up. Oof. Not easy. Not easy at all. But to their credit, they're doing it. They've got a game coming up. And again, this is for all of athletics. This is not these are not just football numbers. This is for everybody in athletics. That's involved. 
Not easy. As Florida discovered, as they said, looking to just sneak up on you. But 13.02, three positives. Now, here in Center County, there have been some triple-digit days, far too many. But the last couple of days, the number was 30 yesterday and 19 today. So let's see if that trend continues. Let's see if that trend continues. That's what I'm hoping for, where the number just creeps down. And tomorrow we could be back in triple digits. I don't know. But it was 30 Tuesday, and it was 19 today. What's it been like in the Valley? We had 18 new cases today, two new deaths. Okay. Um, so, but we had been on the uptick lately, like north of 30, 40, 50, 60. Mostly in long-term care facilities, though, which is which. Yeah. You know, you hate to see, it, but I mean, in terms of the yeah. wide community spread, you, you take that with somewhat of a grain of salt. But obviously, you know, you worry about the nursing homes there, as that's been a big problem around here now. Yeah, there was one more death reported here. It was a 93-year-old woman at a nursing home. You know, just awful. Awful, awful. Oh, that's, that's, this is so tough. You know, you, know you, think, you think of the person, you think of their friends, you think of their loved ones, all everything they've got to go through during this time, terrible. Just terrible. we got high school football tomorrow. we got Shikolami, Jersey Shore. Who's, who's Seals Grove and Lewisburg have? I... Uh, I think Lewisburg is Southern? Let me check that. Southern Columbia? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yep, they oh, do. Yeah. Southern Columbia. They're at Southern Columbia. And Sealands Grove is home against Central Mountain for their second matchup with them this year. Okay. Okay. They're playing. So, oh, so it's a rematch. Yeah. This year, if, if, you have if for teams that are in hack the hack one division, so that includes Seals Grove and Chickalemi, because there's less teams in that division, you're playing your division opponents twice to get to the eight games, and then you have crossovers uh, at the okay. end okay. to allow and that and those weeks would allow for <laughs> flexibility if games were to be postponed or if playoffs start. So the eighth yeah. week could be interchanged depending on what happens. Uh, okay, gotcha. So they have a rematch. Correct. And it's a big one, too, because now, because District 11 pulled out of the state playoffs, that gave mm-hmm. District 4 an extra week to have a tournament if they wanted to for 4A. So yeah. instead of have, instead of 4A just having a two-team championship game, they're going to have a four-team playoff. And right now, Seals Grove put themselves in the fourth seed, and they may have a chance to even get the third seed from Mifflinburg the rest of the way. Chickalemi still has an outside an outside chance being the fifth seed right now. Okay. I think Lewisburg is in the playoff conversation too, despite being only one win so far. See, and that's I don't buy that stuff. And no, with all due respect to the you know the, the Lewisburg kids are working hard the whole deal. But to me, I think you. I don't care what anybody says. I think the playoff picture takes care of itself, and I think you got to be five hundred or better to be in it. I totally agree. That that's just me. I just think there should be a standard that 
you look at look will the NFL possibly have a division champion under 500 yeah the NFC but East <laughs> but, but 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 here's my point though it's a professional league that has its own rules right uh and that professional league is limited to four teams in this division well the rules state one of them has to be the champion in the playoffs well when you're playing 10 of your 16 games outside of your division the possibility exists that you could have an under 500 team because you don't have any teams in there that are any good and so that you know but they have their own rules as to how they do it and they change the rules and adapt the rules and so forth i remember the year in 1987, when the Minnesota Twins won the World Series, they won. They lost every road game, and they won every home game. And in that particular year, because they used to alternate who got the home field in the playoff and who got the home field in the World Series, it turned out the Twins had the home field advantage, not because of record, but because they alternated in the ALCS and in the World Series. Because that's the way the rule was. Now, it's all different now. Now you have to do it based on on record, which is the right way to do it. But back then, that was the rule. And somebody said, well, the Twins are... Somebody called my show and said the Twins are a fraud, you know, because they just use their home field to win. And I said, I completely understand where you're coming from. I said, but what rule did the Twins break? The Twins were told... That I think in 87, it was, I think at this point it was best of seven. So I said, look, the Twins were told that if you beat these five other teams, and at this point had not been expanded, um, I'll see, expand that point. If you beat these six other teams, you beat these six other teams, you have a better record, they let you go to the playoffs. So that's all the rules stated. Here are seven teams. If your record's better than the other six teams, you're in the playoffs. I said, so they didn't break that rule. They said they they had the better record. Said, then, in the playoff, they said the first team to win four games gets to go to the World Series. Well, they were the first team to win four games. They went to the World Series. I said in the World Series against the Cardinals that year, I said the rules stated the first team to win four games gets the big trophy. I said they were the first team to win four games, albeit every single win was home field. But they, I said, what rule did they break? They had a better record than these other six teams. They got the four wins first in the American League. They got the four wins first in the World Series. They got the trophy. I said... It's all home field. It's all circumstance. But they didn't break any rules to do it. I mean, they didn't go out and sign Don Gullett and Reggie Jackson, things like that. I mean, all illegal stuff, like some organizations. Oh, wait. Is that your team? I was just asking. I was just asking.
All right, Dennis Dodd writes, uh, of course, Dan Mullins had a bad week. He calls for a full house. Now his team can't play, so there's a lot of uh, back and forth. Uh, so Dennis Dodd wrote an article, uh, CBSSports.com. In fact, then the article just came out in the last, yeah, six minutes. It came out, uh, no, six hours ago. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida said that, look, they can be filled to capacity in any stadium in the state. That's his decree. That doesn't mean everybody's going to do it. They won't. But according to Dr. Michael Sag, professor of medicine and infectious diseases at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, said that um, that the only way stadiums will be filled in 2021 is with an accepted, safe, wildly, uh, widely distributed vaccine. Now, that's his opinion, but Dennis wrote about that. If you want to check it out online at cbssports.com. Le'Veon Bell, free agent. No, I don't want him for the Eagles. Boy, we're awfully quick to jump in on that one. <laughs> you have to be nowadays. Well, you got Miles Sanders. What do they need Le'Veon Exactly. I mean, could could Miles Sanders maybe use a, a little bit better of a compliment back that Ed Kratz referred to yesterday? Yeah, maybe, but Le'Veon Bell's not it. First of all, similar skill set, but even you take away the football side of things here, he is a pain in the rear end, and the Eagles don't need that right now. Really, if I were any NFL team, I would I'd be done with him. <laughs> all right, so let's get to what the NCAA has proposed here. The one-time transfer without sitting out a year is now on the table. We'll talk about that and other rules in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right. We've talked about this before. When it comes to transfers, okay, and the door is now open to a transfer one time only, 
for players to transfer without having to sit out. The NCAA introduced the one-time transfer exception proposal. It is now in the 2021 legislative cycle, which means I think it can come up in January. Additionally, and you're going to love this, Blanket bowl eligibility for this fall only for all 127 teams, meaning a team can go winless and still be eligible. <laughs> that's atrocious, but we've been here before. But you know that's going to happen. You, you, uh, I know. Yeah, you, you know. You know. You, I'm just saying, there's not going to be a winless team in a bowl game. But there's such a variation of how many games teams are playing this year. And they're just trying to fill the schedule out. Uh, Right now, every NCAA-sponsored sport, except for football, men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, and men's ice hockey, they already have the deal where you can transfer without sitting out. That's why in wrestling... You have a lot of wrestling fans here. That's why if somebody sees a transfer, the guy can wrestle right away. It's been like that for years. But football, men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, men's ice hockey are the five that make you sit out a year. So fall sports athletes like football players will have to notify their schools of their intent to transfer by May 1st. If there's a coaching change at a school, that deadline is extended to July 1st. Additionally, the NCAA will not limit the number of transfers that the Division I program can accept in a year. So that's on the table. The one-time transfer. So the transfer portal, which has been filled the last couple of years, and for years has been filled in basketball, is going to just be bloated. There are going to be so many names in there. Everyone looking for that. And again, remember, you're also not losing eligibility this year. You could have people people that are seniors that are playing this year. They could play next year someplace else. Very interesting. Now, it hasn't officially passed yet. It's on the proposal table, but you you really have a feeling it's going to pass. That's why I brought it up. And you were right, Steve. Brevin Murphy said it will be voted on in January, and then if it's approved, it would be effective August 1st, 2021. Yep. But you have to declare by May 1st, and if there's a coaching change, then it's July 1st. That's the way I understand it, in terms of the declaration of it. And they did say, hey, look, winter sports athletes can get a free year, essentially. Uh, They have to wait, get through today, because they can go back and they can revise something if they want before today is out. Usually they don't, but they can. And because they can, so you take a little more conservative attitude about what they can and can't do. 
you know, the one thing I've, I've noticed with the NCAA in the last five years, there's been a lot of playing from behind and no leading. You know, I felt like, well, I'll give you a chance. Like, here's one on leading. Uh, stipends. That was leading. Everything else you feel like it's been reactionary, playing from behind. I mean, I think they really thought they were going to win the O'Bannon case. And so they're going, are you kidding me? You're not going to win the O'Bannon Especially with all due respect, I say this with, okay, I'm not trying to, like, throw somebody under the bus here. Not in the least. But when Mark Emmert gave his testimony in the O'Bannon case, I sat back, and when it was done, I looked at everybody and I said, well, that's it. It's over. He just handed it to O'Bannon on a silver platter. They said, well, what should he have said? Because he gave this the ivory tower speech about, about education and about athletics. It's like, and, of course, the jury is sitting there like, okay, all right, um, okay. Just tell them where the money goes. Look, we took the money from all these EA sports games, and guess what? They, we gave it to universities, and universities then put it into the women's soccer program, the men's baseball program, the gymnastics program, because they can't afford, I said, then to help them out. Now, I don't know if you win the case, but the jury would have looked at them and go, you know, that makes sense. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I was going to say that Journey Brown saw what I saw, but I just I just don't think that's the right way to go. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. The NCAA has officially approved giving the additional year of eligibility to all winter sports athletes. Wrestling, men's, women's basketball, gymnastics, hockey. The council also approved a proposal to allow one-time transfers in all sports without sitting out a season. Now, that will be voted upon in January, and then we go into effect August 1st. So there you go. Been a big day already, news-wise. And then back to work today for Penn State football. Again, 1,302 tests conducted at Penn State in the past for October 3 through 9. So this is uh, last week, Monday through Friday, or excuse me, Saturday through Friday, my apologies, and three positives. Five are still pending. Dodgers-Braves game three tonight in Arlington. Braves up two games to none. Tampa Bay-Houston 840 tonight at Petco in San Diego. Tampa Bay up three games to none in that one. Now let's get to the media for a moment here. I realize that you are trying to come up with something, something intriguing. Um, so you try to go with a different question, whatever. Okay. So... Last night, the 
Braves build up a 7-0 lead in the seventh inning. To the credit of the Dodgers, they show why they're a terrific team. They battle back. They get it down to 7-4. Braves get a run in the top of the ninth, lead 8-4. Then in the bottom of the ninth inning, Max Muncy hits a two-run homer. There's a walk, or excuse me, an error. Max Max Muncy hits a two-run homer. There's an error that would have ended the game. Cody Bellinger triples to right. Now it's 8-7, but they can't get the run in, and the Braves win 8-7. Now, as we all know, especially at this time of the year, it's survive and move on. So Mark Melanson, who closed out the game last night for the Braves, became perplexed by a line of questioning from the Athletics' David O'Brien about the Dodgers scoring four runs in the ninth inning. And so the narrative coming out of the game is simple. The Los Angeles offense has now been revived, and could that carry over into Game 3? So O'Brien asks, can you take a positive out of almost blowing that lead? And Melissa just looked at him like, what? So O'Brien then tries to clarify the question, asking if the Braves could still feel good about the outcome after surviving to win. Melanson looked at him and said, you know what, I think that's a terrible question. I'm not even going to answer it. Can you blame him? To me, this is the Penn State-Michigan scenario. Where every time we turned around, it's like, oh, look at what Michigan, look what Michigan's second. Oh, look what Michigan. Okay, you know what Michigan did here in Beaver Stadium? Do you know what they did? They lost. I looked at the scoreboard at the end. They had 21 points. The other team, Penn State, had 28. I remember Jack and I addressed this in the Cotton Bowl pregame show. You know, we were joking around, like, well, Penn State technically has nine and a half wins because, I mean, that was only a half a win. You get... Okay, read the scoreboard. The scoreboard tells you who won. Penn State had 28. Michigan played 60 minutes of football, mustered 21. That means they didn't win. That means they got on the plane with an L. They lost. Same thing with the Dodgers and the Braves. While playing in a bubble in Arlington, nobody got on a plane. But today, the Braves lead at two games to them because guess what? The book says it was an 8-7 final. And the Braves had eight runs. You sit back and go, okay. If now, if you want to ask questions to Cody Bellinger or Max Muncy, Jock Peterson, Mookie Betts, whatever, about, hey, look, the, the way you guys rallied in the last three innings, does that put a little more jump in your offense going into game three? You feel like you've started to t- turn a corner. You ask them that. You don't ask the team that won about, you know, like, do you feel good about this? It's a playoff game. You feel great about it. You survived. Then there was this one. Walker Bueller, fine young pitcher for the Dodgers. But the Dodgers, like, with Bueller on the mound, like game two, lost game one. And, of course, naturally... You have Twitter and ridiculous stuff on Twitter. 
Twitter seems to lead the league in ridiculous. And they started putting out tweets during the game of how tight Walker Bueller's pants happen to be. Really? So, a reporter from NBCLA, Michael Duarte, decided to lighten the mood. Okay? And asked Bueller about the tight pants. And Bueller looked at him. He said, this isn't the right time or place to talk about that stuff. And just totally dismissed it. Now, at least Duarte happens to be a guy that that Bueller knows. The Dodgers know. He covers the team on a regular basis. So he's not one of those come into town... Pick up whatever, tell the world what what they think. Because, well, I mean, look, we saw that, plenty of that in 2011. A lot of people not knowing what they're talking about, just floating in here and then floating back out again, doing their damage and leaving. And to this day, none of them really know what this place is truly like. But... So at least Duarte knows them. So it made it a little bit easier to answer and move on, but still. That's where it is? Those are the questions you ask? Doesn't mean doesn't mean you sit there and ask brilliant, insightful Mike Wallace sixty minutes questions all the time, even those were edited. But but you don't go in those two directions. Especially, the guy just lost a playoff game. He didn't want to talk about that. And the Braves just won a playoff game. And then you have, you have somebody in the room treating it like a loss? No. Now, if there's a blown call, let's go back to Royals-Cardinals 1985, George Orta. Okay. We feel like you've had it taken from you. Okay. But not this. The Dodgers didn't have anything taken from them last night. They played nine innings of baseball last night. And in nine innings of baseball, they scored seven runs. That's good. The Braves in nine innings of baseball scored eight. Check. Done. Now, does it blend? That means the Braves are two wins away from the World Series. It means the Dodgers are still four wins away from the World Series. Now, does it start to turn everything around? Part of it's going to be the matchups. And, of course, last night the Dodgers could not go with Clayton Kershaw. He had to be scratched. So who do the Eagles play this week? Home against Baltimore at start of a three-game homestand. Baltimore Sunday, Giants Thursday night, Dallas on Sunday night the week after. We only got the Giants. Yes. And they got the Cowboys with Dolan in a terrible defense. So there's some winnable games coming up. I don't think they have much of a chance against Baltimore on Sunday. I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a field day. <laughs> 
By the way, our best to an outstanding broadcaster, Jim Jackson. Absolutely. Jim is outstanding. We've had the pleasure of having him on the show before. Uh, now, Jim's still with the Flyers, right? Still Correct. Doing that? Yep. Jim has been with the Phillies um, since the start of the 2007 season. Pre-game, post-game. Done some play-by-play as well. And for better than two decades, of course, the Flyers. And uh, this is what happens during the pandemic. I mean, people are losing money. Greg Murphy was one of the many cuts by the regional sports network. NBC owns the majority of the NBC Sports Philly operation, 75% of it. Phillies on 25% of it. The Phillies are into a five-year uh, of a into year five of a 25-year, $2.5 billion deal with NBC Sports Philly, which includes an ownership stake. But they're looking at the money, and Greg Murphy was one of the cuts, and, of course, Jim Jackson on the radio side. Jim is a pro's pro. It's the last thing he probably expected dating back a year. Dating back a year, everybody had a different view of where they were in life compared to where they are today. And Jim, through all of it, did brilliant work. He did brilliant work this season. It is a loss for the Phillies radio network. Uh, I'm going to guess the Phillies radio network knows that, but they probably were told they had to do something, and so this is what they came up with. Believe me, the people that deliver the news are not callously going in there and saying, <laughs> I'm really sorry, we got to move on. Right? Those are hard conversations they have. Yeah, you still have a job, but it doesn't mean that it is not difficult to talk to a pro's pro like this and tell him that, hey, look. And Jim loves, he loves doing the Flyers. But he also, you could tell, loved working on the Phillies network. Loved it. And as he pointed out, classy, classy letter. Did you see Jim's letter? I did. I, I actually shared it on our Facebook page. Starts out with, it's been a blast. And I'll tell you it was a blast having him on that radio network. And I'll bet uh, Scott Fransky in L.A. and everybody there were thrilled to have him there. So I'm sorry to hear that because he is an outstanding broadcaster and a great guy. We'll come back, wrap it up in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. All right, uh, Penn State's going to be hosting seven NCAA championships coming up. We'll talk about that here. Um, in fact, several of them. First of all, Penn State's going to be hosting the Women's Ice Hockey Frozen Four in 2022 and 2026. So the Women's Ice Hockey Frozen Four 2022 and 2026. Men's Hockey Regionals in Allentown in 22, 23, and 25. 
The 2023 National Collegiate Men's Gymnastics Championship will be at Penn State. 2025 Men's and Women's Fencing Championships and the 2025 Collegiate Women's Gymnastics Regional Championships. All at Penn State. So the Men's Gymnastics Championships will be in Rec Hall. Men's Ice Hockey will be in Allentown. Pagula gets the Women's Frozen Four in 22 and 26. Fencing comes here as well, and in the NCAA Women's Gymnastics Regionals. So that's what they're going to Now, this tells you something as well. To me, it indicates that Penn State is working hard and moving forward with they have 31 sports. And we just talked about, you know, you're not going to host NCAA championships, I think, unless you intend on keeping those sports. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Now, I believe the NCAA wrestling championships, I believe, are coming back to Pennsylvania, right? Um, thought I saw that. Now, not immediately, obviously. And ugh, Doug Nelson. Uh, there we go. Um, I'll have to get the Doug in a minute. Uh, let's see. I thought I saw that they had put something together where Pennsylvania was going to get it again. I apologize. Let's see. Future sites. There we go. Whatever. Uh, let's see. Tulsa hosting NCAA Wrestling Championships for the first time in 2023. Let's see. Because I know they had, for example, in basketball, I know Las Vegas is going to get one. Okay. Las Vegas is going to get uh, For the first time. Uh, let's see. Basketball regionals. Let us know Pennsylvania is getting wrestling back. And I apologize. I just want to know what year and where. But make it easier for our great fans to get there and see it, which is the key part to all this. Tulsa World's making a big deal out of this. Let's see. Also, the NCAA awarded future NCAA wrestling sites, Kansas City in 2024. Philadelphia gets it in 25. Cleveland in 26. So 21 will be in St. Louis. Detroit gets it in 22. I know Dick from Milton talked about uh, the um, little um, Caesars. Little Caesars Pizza Arena, which is named after Little Caesars Pizza, not Caesars Palace. Uh, so 21 goes to St. Louis, 22 is Detroit, 23 will be Tulsa, 24 is Kansas City, 25 is Philadelphia, 26 is Cleveland for the NCAA Wrestling Championship. Okay? I want to make sure that was put out as well. That story came out 21 minutes ago. So. We apologize for being 20 minutes late. <laughs> Matt doesn't like when we're 21 minutes late. It's okay. I'll let you slide this time. 
So is it true that we had to hire four armed security people to take the suit to Jersey Shore? <laughs> Still working on that. And those are such great people up there, too. Great people. Nicest people on the face of the earth. But there's only so much verbal abuse you can take. Today's show has been brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, K Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, awesome pre owned inventory, fabulous service department, great time to deal. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK.